Hello, Billy Rainford here from Direct Motocross. Welcome to our second annual uh, Rockstar Triple Crown MX Tour MX Nationals uh, preview podcast. With me, as always, two times now, we've got uh, Chris Pomeroy from MXP Mag. Chris, how you doing? I'm good, Billy. How are you? Thanks. Uh, thanks for thinking of me again. This is uh, we did this little collaboration last year. I think it went well, but uh, no video this time. Just uh, audio but i think it'll be good yeah the kids will call it a collab you want to shorten that collaboration word down a bit <laughs> i'm not a kid so i don't have to shorten it <laughs> all right chris well hey again yeah it's fun to do this direct motocross mxp mag holding hands nicely here it's uh, always fun we uh obviously have a good time doing these kinds of things but uh, there's a lot to talk about i mean um man i don't know where we want to start i guess we should start with uh just the fact that we're able to have an actual series happening this year, I think, is kind of the big news, isn't it? I was just going to say that. I mean, I think we're we're fortunate that, that this is even happening, given uh, what's been going on in the world. And um, yeah, I mean, it's it's been a long wait. It's been, you know, it's been tough on everyone. There's not uh, there's not one person out there who doesn't have a story of um, you know hardship or you know having to miss out on something. But uh, hey, we're couple sleeps away from the first moto and uh i mean i'm excited i know you're excited and you know hopefully everyone else is excited to go yeah yeah so i mean we're going to talk about obviously um ah, who's looking good what we're thinking of going on then we're going to end it with our classic predictions i mean uh i always kind of make a joke uh kind of in memory of jeff mcconkey with these kinds of things because i always made a joke i don't think he ever got one right but uh, it was kind of funny that uh you know we'll uh, we'll end the show with that kind of thing but there's a lot of stuff to talk about to but, I mean, obviously, the West Coast being canceled, obviously, because of the COVID-19 stuff. Uh, we're heading in. We've got to, man, we're going to go to Gopher Dunes, 25-26. August 8th, we got Walton thrown in there, followed by the Transcan. Then we're at Walton again that following uh, for a, yeah, the one uh, kind of day situation there. Then August 29th, 30th, 30th Sandalee, September 5th and 6th at Deschambeau. Now, I, I mean, I don't want to say too much here because I don't know too much, but uh, I'm hearing that those ones... Are, I mean, the Ontario situation looks great. Being closer, like uh, some things, what do you think? Sandalee, Deschambeau, they, uh, how are we looking there? Well, I mean, you know, I hope they go. I mean, I'd love to uh, I'd love to go to Sandalee. It's a good track. It always provides great racing um, every year. Every year the racing is good there. Um, there's always good storylines for, for guys like you and me. Um, so I hope we go there. Uh, Quebec, again. You know, who doesn't like going to Quebec? Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I think legitimately there's there's question marks, um, you know, maybe with both of those right now. But, uh, you know, I think we'll just go. Uh, we know we're going to go for this weekend. And uh, I think we pretty much can assume we're going to Walton two weeks after that. So maybe we should just take it one round at a time at this point. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I'm not I mean, there's uh, I mean, Deschambeau has been having their uh, provincial races and stuff like that. So things are going going off, uh, you know, that way in Quebec. So, I mean, hopefully we're all right. But again, with this kind of thing, we're in stage three in most places. That's changing things. Uh, you never know if an outbreak. So, let, like you say, let's just take it one weekend at a time. We're going to crown a couple champions here. So, that's uh, that's the main thing. And uh, yeah, hopefully it goes all smoothly. But, um, <clears throat> yeah. Um, yeah. So, what you know, what else? What do you want to do? Do you want to kind of look at the uh, 250 class first and kind of go over last year? The big changes. I mean, a lot of Two of the players have uh, moved out of that. A few of the guys aren't coming back uh, to the series. So, I mean, what do you think? you want to go through kind of a top 10 in the 250 class? 
yeah, we can do that. I mean, like you said, a couple guys have, have uh, you know, maybe aren't here at all. A couple, you know, a couple guys have moved on to the 450s. And, you know, I think it leaves, I think it makes it exciting because it kind of leaves the door open for, um, you know, maybe a few of the younger kids to, to step up and have that breakout series. So, yeah, if you want to start the 250, let's, let's roll with that. Yeah, for sure. I mean, uh, even, you know, just, uh, you know, we won't uh, take too, too long here. Yes, we probably will. But uh, if we go through the top 10, I mean, we got a kid that was, uh, you know, kind of the most improved rider kind of deal. We got uh, Quinn Amiot who finished 10th. He had that solid eighth place finish at, I believe he had it at a Walton last year and stuff. A kid like him, does he keep improving? I mean, if you look ahead, there are one, two, three, four guys who are gone from the 250 class or not coming. Does he move automatically up four places and end up six kind of thing? What do you, what do you think of a kid like Quinn? Well, I think Quinn, you know, I think he's a rider that has a, <clears throat> excuse me, has a big upside. Um, you know, good rider, um, good kid off the track, always friendly. He seems to have a good uh, good handle and good presence on, on social media, which, you know, I guess is important these days. And, uh, <laughs> you know, I think he's just, um, what I see from Quinn sometimes is, you know, maybe a lack of, uh, you know, confidence and stuff once the gate drops. I think if he can, you know, somehow... Um, you know, harness some some confidence, get a couple good early motos in um, this weekend, and then roll from there. I mean, it's on series that could be on tracks, all the tracks that he knows, you know, he's got experience on, he's done well at. So, um, you know, I think it's, you know, I think it's up to him really. Yeah, for sure. And I kind of, I t- interviewed him a couple weeks back and uh, I, I, I always thought like a couple years ago, he was kind of on the fence of almost leaving the sport. He said, no, there was no chance of that. But uh, his last year, kind of a, call it a breakout year for sure. I mean, he, the confidence, I think he kind of really kind of picked it up there too. So, I mean, can he uh, keep improving? I mean, at what point do you just, I mean, if you keep improving, obviously you're going to start winning championships, but uh, not everybody can keep making those uh, advancements. So it's always with a kid like him, it's interesting to see if it does just keep going. I mean, uh, we're going to get to him obviously in a while, but Jess Pettis, we've given him like, uh, you know, most improved rider, like four years in a row. So you can see that it can be done. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, I mean, these days, um, I hope, you know, I, I hope for the sport's sake and, and for, you know, these riders' sake that they, you know, don't look at, uh, don't get too caught up in race to race results and kind of look more at the process. And, you know, maybe they can, they spend the next, you know, five, six years doing this good things are going to happen. But, uh, you know, I think Quinn just, like I said, he's, there's not, there's very few people, very few riders that are friendlier than him. I mean, he's, he's always smiling, always saying hi, always talking to everyone. I think he just needs to, like I said, find that confidence and then be able to, once he's lined up behind the gate, kind of turn off that friendly persona that he has and just kind of start to, uh, you know, for lack of a better term, maybe start to hate his competition a little more and, and want to beat up on them. And uh, if he does those two things, then uh, I think he's going to find his way top six, maybe even into the top five. And uh, you, you mentioned kind of hit on something there that I think is interesting. Like you say, yeah, of course, nicest kid out there, great kid, has fun all the time. When, when you were racing, I mean, you were obviously raced at a very high level. Did you Were you a different person on the track or were you, you know what I mean? Did you have to do what you're saying that Quinn needs to do or what uh, what was the situation there? Well, I mean, back then, I don't think really anyone liked each other. I mean, <laughs> even off the track, um, you know, we had our little, uh, 
you know, kind of circles and stuff, people that we hung out with, um, you know, and if you rode out of the same, you know, we all rode for dealerships back then, right? So if you rode out of the same dealership, then you were kind of friendly with uh, whoever was your your uh, teammate. But um, yeah, it wasn't too friendly back then. So it, it wasn't hard to kind of uh, flip that switch and, you know, just sit there on the starting line and really kind of hate whoever was lined up next to you. And, um, you know, you, you want to go out and beat them and you hate it when they beat you. So um, back then it was, you know, that was, that was no issue, but the sports changed. People are uh, a lot more friendly. And I'm talking to some of the old school, old school guys, they, you know, see riders and staging, you know, the staging area now talking to each other and joking around. And it's like, what the hell are they doing? You know, we never would have done that back then, but uh, you know, things have changed. Life's changed. And uh, you know, it's, uh, but I, like I said, I think, you know, if Quinn can, he doesn't have to hate the person, but if he just kind of gets a little fire, a little anger while he's sitting on the starting line, I think uh, he can take that energy and put it to good use on the track. Right. Yeah, it's, it's funny. I actually had that conversation with Cole Thompson uh, this past season, just kind of asking about that. Like when you go to go to the track, is that just, you know, is that uh, turn the friends off and you're there for work? And he said, yeah, that, like his friends are at home. When he goes there, he's out, he has a job to do. And uh that's what he does. So, I mean, you know what I mean? It's uh, sometimes it's just like you say, it's basically what it's going to take to get uh, to get to the top, I suppose. Yeah, no, I would, uh, I would totally agree with Cole. And I think, uh, you know, for the, for the young kids coming up who are, are kind of, you know, they've grown up in kind of this more friendly ear and stuff like that. Um, you know, that's something that they, they have to learn as they go. Right. And, you know, it's, it's a job. I mean, you're out there, if you choose to do this sport at this level, then for however long the series is, you know, even if you have another job, you know, in the winter or whatever, I mean, right now this is your job and, you know, there's no, there's no friends. No one's going to get mad at you if you, you know, stop someone in a corner for a position. I mean, that's just the nature of the sport and, you know, you can be friends in September when it's all over. Right, you're so you hated everybody, but there was a lot more beer being drank back in the nineties. Well, <laughs> I, I wouldn't say that. I mean, maybe you know, at certain certain events, and you know, maybe the after parties were a little bigger back then. But um, you know, hate hate's a strong word, but you certainly, <laughs> uh, you know, you certainly didn't uh, go out for dinner with a lot of guys before the race or after the race <laughs> right okay man well let's uh let's move up because if we move up a notch to number nine this is a guy that's not showing up and and this kind of brings us to another kind of interesting thing that's changed for this year now i'm talking about josh osby who came out and won the first round last year um american rider i mean if you didn't come up to do your quarantining and everything it's not like years past where it's like someone has an off weekend they're just going to cross the border and show up and race i mean you gotta you really had to plan your season this year yeah, I mean it's a whole different ball game this year, and um, you know, unfortunately, you know that's the reality of situ of the situation right now, and everyone's in the same boat. And yeah, I mean, if you didn't, if you haven't been here long enough, then uh, you're not racing. And um, you know, unfortunately, guys like like Osby, um, you know, are missing from the series. And uh, I think you know, there's going to be he leaves a pretty big. Um, 
pretty big gap because, I mean, like you said, he won the first round. He's always kind of – you can't – when you're sitting there in the, watching the start and you're talking about, you know, who's going to get the whole shot or, you know, who's going to lead or who's going to win. I mean, Osby's name always comes up, right? He's just one of those guys that can uh, – you just can't count out. And, uh, unfortunately, he's not coming. I hope maybe, you know, things improve next year and then he's back. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Now, okay, so we uh, moving right ahead to number eight here was uh, Weston Rosina, man. He had two seventh places last year. I wasn't at uh, Walton on Saturday, and obviously it was cut short on Sunday. Did I see both Rosinas there? You did, but they were riding 125s, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, okay. Um, my son told me that, and I was like, really? And, uh, you know, usually, usually my son is pretty astute when it comes to who everyone is and what they're doing and stuff like that. Um, so, um, yeah, he said that both of them were riding 125. So, um, I don't know. Maybe they're maybe they're riding the uh, the premix class. Maybe mm-hmm. we should be previewing the premix class later in the week because it sounds like it's going to be pretty good too. For sure, I know. Uh, I know Nathan. <laughs> I know Nathan Bless has number one plates made already, but he was afraid to use them at that uh, provincial. <laughs> yeah, he did have the oh, red number two eighteens though. <laughs> I think it's going to be, you know, I think it's going to be good. It was entertaining last year, and I think it's going to be uh, even more so this year. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Now, seventh place, and this was a big story too, um, won the Supercross portion of it. Uh, of course, Luke Rensland, number 94 there, will not be back, made the decision to uh, to not uh, chase after it this year with the fact that it's, you know, what, he, what it would have required of him to come up and stay up and not be able to work and all that kind of stuff and, and do other things that he would need to do. So we have no... Uh, Luke Renslin this year no and that, and that's disappointing I mean you know it kind of leaves uh you know I know it you know left KT a little little high and dry and, and that's unfortunate um you know I think I'm disappointed for sure that he's not coming and I don't quite you know I've heard different stories I, I don't quite understand um either of them really I mean you this sport is uh you know, we all know the sport's kind of vicious, and if you're not out in the track, you're not getting your name out there. Um, then it's tough to uh, to keep going. So um, I know there's, you know, I don't I don't blame them at all. I'm not saying that it's uh, you know everyone makes their own decisions, and with everything that's going on, you certainly can't uh, fault them for for thinking of the big picture. And um, from what I'm hearing, you you know, the door's open for him to come back next year. So, um, like Osby, hopefully, uh, Renzel's back next year. Yeah, exactly. And I guess too, the door, like you say, is open. It might even be open for the, uh, what happens with the Supercross series and stuff like that at the end of the, end of the fall kind of thing too. So hopefully we see, uh, Luke back for sure. Obviously, uh, a very talented rider and can do damage at the front for sure. Uh, but some of the other kids are probably pretty happy not to have him coming up. So there's, there's that angle. Uh, for example, this next fellow, we got uh, Marco Canella finished uh, sixth last year. He had one fourth place last last season. I actually just interviewed him at um, at Gopher Dunes. I was there today. Well, if you're listening to this, this is on Tuesday. I interviewed him. Uh, there'll be a little video with him up. But um, yeah, he's you know, he's he's gonna he's chasing podiums. He's been working really hard, doing lots of cycling, lots of lots of on bike, lots of off bike training. So, uh, what do you think about a kid like kid like Marco? He keep moving his way up. Well, I actually, you know, Marco is someone that uh, that I kind of have a, a little star beside his name. Um, just I put him in the category of 
of one of those guys that, um, you know, I know it's a, obviously it's a big series for everyone, but, um, I think there's certain guys, Marco being one of them, that this is, this is a huge series for him. Um, you know, like we've talked about, a couple key guys are missing. Um, you know, I think his, you know, his teammate, you know, if it was Res, Reslin, Reslin was probably a, a championship contender. Um, so those guys missing and Canella moves up kind of to the, to the leader now, the captain of that MX 101 team. And, uh, I think he's got all the intangibles to be a champion. And I hope one day that he, that he is, cause he's, you know, great kid, you know, he treats everyone with, with the utmost respect, whether it's me, you, you know, my son, the kids, like he's very nice. And he's been like that, you know, even before he got to be one of the top riders in the country. So, um, you know, I'm wishing him, wishing him well. And I hope he, uh, I hope he finds that kind of, you know, I guess you want to say next level. Cause, uh, I think that's just kind of, whether it's, Maybe a little more confidence. I don't know, but um, you know, he can do it, and I hope he finds it, and I hope he has a, a great series. Right, right. Now, yeah, for sure. And I think I think you're right. Same with you know, it's it's a kind of a big year. I mean, you know, it's time to time to prove yourself a contender for sure, right? You're uh, moving up. Uh, been in the pro ranks for a couple of years now, for sure. And same thing with uh, the guy who finished just ahead of him, and a, obviously a very close competitor of his who had two fourths overall last year in the, uh, in the motocross section, uh, Tanner Ward finished uh, fifth. Exactly. I mean, another, you know, he's in the same, for me, he's in the same category as, uh, as Marco, um, has been since he was on sixties. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, he was, yeah. I mean, he kind of, you know, three or four years ago it was, uh, remember it was Marco, um, Tanner and Austin Watley were kind of, I remember doing a story called the three amigos, mm-hmm. um, on those, on those three. So, um, yeah, I mean, Tanner moves to a, to a new team, new bike, uh, new surroundings, you know, everything's pretty much new. Um, he looked, he's looked solid in the, uh, in the ammo races so far. Um, I think, you know, it's, uh, it's up to Tanner. I, I think he's one of those guys that needs, I think he needs a, a really solid, I don't think he needs necessarily needs to win this weekend, but I think he needs a real solid weekend um, to kind of springboard that confidence heading into Walton. You know, he knows the Walton track. Well, I mean, obviously now he knows the gopher track. Well, if he didn't before. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's uh, the doors wide open for him to kind of, jump up and grasp that uh next level you know kind of like canela yeah for sure for sure hey did you um was did you happen to see a couple weeks ago at gopher dunes did he get together with uh i know he was closing in on a battle ahead of him i i missed it completely but uh all of a sudden he kind of disappeared there from the nice battle he was in with uh pettis and the guys did you catch any of that or i didn't see that i kind of i noticed it at gopher there that he he kind of i think he had a, a different bunch of problems um i think he went down the first turn the first moto and kind of was slow to get up and then one point i saw his muffler blown out in another moto um yeah he had a rough day but no i didn't see uh i didn't see what you were 
what you're referring to, but, um, you know, when he was up and going and charging, he looked, you know, he looked really fast. So that's, that's promising for this weekend. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So yeah, uh, breaking into the top four here. Now we got, uh, Marshall Welton, uh, big year for him, big changes for him. We'll see what, uh, what do you think we can just expect out of Marshall? Well, I think he's going to be, uh, you know, definitely he's going to challenge for, for wins probably, uh, each moto. I mean, he had a, a good solid year last year. Um, you know, he won an overall at round two there in Prince George. Um, you know, three podiums. He was he was pretty solid last year for someone that uh, came up here and really didn't know the tracks. And, you know, I don't think we can, you know, kind of underestimate how difficult that is for, for a young kid to come up and, you know, not know the tracks, but, but still go out and, and perform. So, you know, I think he's, he's guy he's got a new bike team that should give him confidence i know he's been training super hard so um yeah he could be uh he could definitely he'll be making a run at this championship i think yeah for sure i would agree there last time i haven't i didn't uh get out to gopher dunes yesterday a lot of the guys were there i know i saw some of the top contenders were there i saw on social media but uh, i was there today i wasn't there yesterday classic surfing uh line should have been here yesterday but uh, yeah, so last time I saw him, I think was at uh, man, it might have been at that Tampa Supercross kind of thing, where he looked really good on the 250 out against the 450. So, I mean, he's looking good on the new bike, and uh, yeah, I, I like when we get to the predictions, I think we'll find his name uh, up there in our up there showing up pretty close to the top, if not at the top for sure. Um, yeah, I agree. yeah. Now, what about uh, again moving up ahead? We've got uh, a guy who's moved back to the 450 class, talking about uh, Tyler Medallia. Yeah, I mean, Tyler, I think he came in last year to the 250 class, um, you know, with with a lot of confidence. I know his off-season of training went really well, and he and he felt that he had some really, really good speed on that 250. And definitely at times, he had some great, uh, great motos last year. Um, you know, I just, it's tough for, for someone, you know, even as talented and as fit and, you know, all the attributes that, that Tyler possesses, um, you know, the list you go on and on. Um, but the one thing that you can't change is, is your age. And, you know, I think it's tough for anyone kind of in that 30, 30 year old range to go back to 250 class and just have that full send it mentality that these kids do. Um, especially last year with, you know, I mean, Dylan Wright was unbelievable. Pettis was fast. You know, we just mentioned Welton. I mean, these these kids just, they're just so aggressive, right? And not that Tyler's not aggressive, but, um, you know, Tyler, he's definitely more of a 450 guy. And I think we're going to be definitely talking about him in the 450 class quite a bit this summer. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah, so he's one of the, so two of the top three have moved up to the 450 class. So, that kind of opens the door for who finished number uh, who finished second. Jess Pettis there last year, he had the one first overall in the in the in the motocross section. Um, Jess Pettis, he do again most improved rider several years in a row. Does he take it to the top? I mean, he has. But. I mean, I think it's you know, with all due respect to to everyone else, I think this is 
you know, Pettis's championship to, to lose. I mean, I know he's coming off a serious injury, um, you know, reconstruction of his knee, 10 months off. Um, you know, just the story has been well told, but, uh, you know, he's a former champ. He rides well at these tracks. Um, you know, he's won at Gopher before he finished second overall last year. Um, he looked good there a couple of weeks ago at the ammo race. Top two fifty guy amongst all the four fifties. Yeah. And I mean, you know, his bike, he knows his bike a little better this year. Um, last year he was new to the team, so he's got that sorted out. Um, I just think it just feels like, uh, you know, kind of pieces are all kind of falling into place for, for Jess and, um, you know, every plus who doesn't love a good comeback story. So, uh, you know, I think, I think he's the favorite, but as always, you know, being the favorite, you know, maybe brings a little bit of, uh, added pressure and, um, you know, if he can work through it and, you know, again, have some good motos. I think we can say that about everyone. Have some good motos to start the series because it's it's a shorter series than normal. So um, you definitely can't afford to make any big mistakes or have any mechanicals. So uh, you know, if everything goes smooth, I, I think you know, I think he'll be um, certainly you know in the points lead or close to it by you know the end of the series. Yeah, and here's what I think about Jess too, and then the same could be said for uh, Dylan last year. Jess is definitely one of the few riders in that 250 class where, say he gets a bad start, I'm pretty confident he will work his way through and get up to a very high position. You know what I mean? You can't say that about everybody, but he's he's a guy, I think, that can do that. And so, you know, with a good start, look out. With a bad start, he's still pretty dangerous, obviously. Yeah, I would agree. I totally agree with that. You know, he's, he's definitely, uh, that's part of the, you know, that his race craft that he's worked a lot on is just, you know, being smoother, being patient again, that comes with, with age. And, um, you know, he's getting, you know, he's getting older, obviously. Uh, but, uh, one thing too, I think that you got to take into consideration is that as much as maybe, you know, his surgery, his injury and, you know, being off the bike has been, um, a negative, um, on the other side of that, I think he comes into this series, maybe, fitter than he ever has before um because you know as you know you know when you have injuries and and stuff like that and you're off and you're doing rehab it gives you an opportunity to kind of work on other parts of your body that maybe especially with a sport like this you kind of get that imbalance and um so you kind of work on those things you get you know your strength gets more even more balanced and you end up coming back even better than you were before. And I think that's what, uh, I think that's what we may see with, with Jess. Yeah. And I think too, like, I think it is, it's interesting in our sport, especially, uh, it changes a bit as you age, but injuries do one of two things, right? They either chase you away from the sport or they make you come back even hungrier, right? Like you, there's not really a rider in our sport who hasn't missed uh, basically a whole season because of injury. You know what I mean? It's a kind of a weird sport that way. It is, you know, it's a, it's a brutal sport and, um, you know, I think if, like you said, you know, sometimes the injuries shy riders away and make them go another direction. But, uh, you know, I think for, for Jess, if, if injuries were going to chase him away, he would have been gone long ago. Because unfortunately, you know, over the, you know, he hasn't been in the sport really that long at this level. But, you know, he's had a few 
pretty good injuries and stuff. So he knows, uh, you know, he knows how to come back physically and mentally. And, um, you know, I don't think he'll, I think when the gate drops on Saturday, I, I think he, you know, you'll see that he probably hasn't missed a beat. Yeah, no, I would agree with that. So that took us through kind of the top 10 from last year. Um, also, there's some guy, some other guys here too. Um, surprisingly, in the 250 class, uh, Cheyenne Harmon is coming up from Texas, going to be on the PRMX team. A uh, guy like that is probably going to mix it up, I would have to think. Yeah, I mean, he's going to be, uh, you know, definitely definitely a spoiler. Um, he's got some speed. Um, it'll be interesting to see how he how he rides the 250. But, uh, yeah, he's going to be in there. Um, you know, guys like, uh, you know, we we talked before the show about Surratt, um, Taylor. I mean, you know, those Sky are Americans that, that did make it up. And uh, they're not going to be shy. You know, usually when young Americans come up here, they have that little edge of uh, of confidence and stuff. So they'll be uh, they'll be good too. Yeah, and uh, Surratt. I mean, man, he's fun to watch ride. That's for sure. And he can have flashes of brilliance and go out there and win a moto. But uh, it'd be cool to see if he can put together uh, a consistent season. And then I don't know a whole lot about Richard Taylor, but I was very impressed with him riding last year at the final round at Walton. So that was on a four fifty though. But uh, we'll have to see. Yeah, and I mean, obviously, you know. He's got some some good race uh, pedigree and stuff, so um, you know he knows. Uh, he'll know what he's doing. It's uh, it's in his genes, so to speak. Right now, what about uh, before we move over to four fifty? What about uh, some of the young guns? I mean, uh, it sounds silly to be expecting so much out of a young kid like Ryder McNabb, but boy, I've been impressed watching him with uh, some of these preseason races. Yeah, I mean, I spoke to to Ryder this morning and. Um, spoke to him a couple times, obviously the last few weeks at the Ontario races. And, um, I mean, if there's a kid that's going to be, you know, charging when you get the white flag and everyone else, or, you know, maybe 90% of the field are thinking about, you know, which way they're going to take back to their truck after the race. <laughs> um, he is still going to be, I'll guarantee he is still going to be charging as hard as he can go i mean he's been that kid works hard he's he's mature i think he's mature well beyond his his years and um you know uh he's gonna be i think he's gonna be one of those kids that maybe you know struggles a little bit in the early parts of the moto um maybe struggles a little bit with that intense sprint speed that that these you know he's racing against pros now so um these guys are not going to be afraid to shuffle him back in the early part of the race, but he's going to be one of those guys that maybe you passed him on the on lap three and you thought you saw the last one, but then you're going to see him again on, you know, <laughs> lap 18. So he's going to be, he's going to be one of those kids that's going to be fun to watch. Yeah, I agree totally with that. I think, I think too, when you come up through like uh, some of the big American amateur nationals as a contender, you learn, you do not quit until that checkered flag. So like you say, he is a kid that's going to charge, like you say, you look over your shoulder. It's like, what the hell? I thought I got rid of this guy, and he's—he'll be there. Yeah, and he just—he has that. Uh, he's just got that kind of survivor mentality. Like he just—it's um, like he's racing for his for his dinner money. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And like, if he doesn't, the better he does, the, you know, the better dinner he can go and buy. I don't know. It's a, it's a strange analogy, but that's kind of what it's like. He's just, you know, he's—I think he's gonna be a good 
a good pro and uh, I think you're going to see some some really good motos. Um, he also has, you know, Ryan Lockhart's going to be his mechanic. So Newf will, uh, Newf will be able to kind of help guide him and, you know, settle him down, settle his nerves down before the races, which, which will help. And, uh, you know, let's not forget about, you know, the team that he's on. Um, you know, Colton's going to be there helping, um, you know, his teammates. Yeah. He's in, he's in a good position. And I, I think that that's probably why he chose to kind of make that big leap up to, uh, you know, signing with the GDR team and going from, you know, really 85s last year to 250 pro this year. Big yeah, jump. That's pretty amazing, isn't it? For sure. Yeah. So. Yeah. And there's, I mean, a couple other guys. I mean, uh, a kid that I really wanted to see have a good, uh, good showing this year. Another chance is Casey Keast with that broken wrist though. So He's not going to be here this week. He's hoping to maybe get here as quick as he can and finish out the season. But a uh, kid like Casey Keys would be nice to see him. Um, speaking of BC kids, we got, uh, you know, we got Jake Piccolo. We got uh, young uh, Tyler Gibbs. I mean, these kids are also going to be probably sniffing around that top 10 for sure, you would think. I would think so. I mean, I, I think, uh, you know, Piccolo, Piccolo brings a lot of speed. Um, if he can find a way to, uh, to kind of harness that speed in certain situations, I think he'll, uh, you know, I think he can speed wise. I think he can run inside the top five. If, if he gets a good start, um, Gibbs, I was really impressed with his, you know, kind of indoor skills. I noticed him more indoors last year. Um, you know, you could tell he kind of came from that BC arena cross vibe out there and stuff. So he was good indoors. And, um, I think he's, uh, he's fit. And I think he's, uh, you know, he should be, should, yeah, like you said, one of those guys that constantly gets inside the top 10. Yeah, yeah it was actually pretty fun today at the track watching, um, I, I didn't see how it started, but uh, Piccolo and Ryder McNabb behind him, those two went at it for like five laps, like uh, just, just charging. So that was, uh, that was pretty fun to watch today. So obviously we're going to watch some of these young kids go at it uh, coming up here. It would be interesting to see where they can stack up for sure. Yeah, and that's what kind of what, you know, with the absence of, you know, guys like Osby and Tyler moving, you know, to the 450 again, um, you know, it opens the door for uh, for these young kids and gives them kind of a, a big stage to, to go out and perform. And, you know, they're going to make they're going to make mistakes. I, I think that's what uh, that's what kids do. But uh, um, in between those mistakes, it's going to be entertaining to uh, to watch. Right now, what to, I always the psychology of the sport always interests me, and maybe you could uh, touch on this a little bit. What do you say to a kid who's just moving up, turns pro, maybe makes their first trip uh, across the country? You go out there, you're all full of high expectations, and you get lapped by the leaders. I mean, you know, how do you tell yourself, "I'm younger, I got to keep progressing without getting beat down"? Man, it's always an interesting part of it for me. Yeah, well, I mean, I don't think, um, you know, obviously coming into it. Um, you know, you want to come in with, with kind of measured expectations. Um, you know, this sport is, it's tough. I mean, I think it's even being a young rookie rider or even, you know, a sophomore, sophomore rider, something like that. I mean, it's tough these days and not that it, you know, not that it hasn't always been tough, but, um, you know, back in, if you want to kind of compare that rookie situation to, to my day, I mean, you're, Back then, you were on 125s. Um, 
you know, yeah, some got, some rookies rode 125 and 250, but um, you know, if, as long as you worked hard and you could kind of last the motos, then um, and he kept on two wheels, then you probably had a good chance of of doing well. Whereas like nowadays, I feel like you know, so many guys are fast. Um, you know, most guys are are fit. Everyone's training um, because of social media. There's no secrets anymore. I mean, back in my day, you could kind of come in maybe a little under the radar. No one really, you were from out West and the race was here. Maybe they, no one's even seen you ride before. Like who knows, but now there's no secrets. So um, you can't hide anything. And um, you know, you just gotta, like I said, you gotta come in, not low expectations, but certainly measured expectations. And then just um, see where you're at. I mean, you're going to have good motos. You're going to have bad motos. Like you said, you're going to get lapped. Who knows? But uh, you got to get your feet wet somehow and uh, you know, see how you do. Yeah, for sure. All right. So that, that kind of anything else you want to add for the 250s? You, or, uh, what do you think there? No, I think that's good. I think we, we've covered uh, a lot of different aspects of it. So I think we're good. Do you want to uh, do your predictions right now or do you want to drum roll that at the end for both classes? <laughs> Um, no, we can do the prediction. I mean, uh, I, I think, uh, I know we hate doing it. I know, but I, I mean, I don't think, I think you'd have a hard time finding anyone that, you know, would bet against Pettis right now. I mean, he's a former, you know, you'll look at things in his corner. Second, uh, second overall last year with some, some moto wins, um, champion the year before. You know, I mean, I think he probably is the favorite. And, um, you know, I think Walton's, you know, a close second. But uh, if I had to pick one guy right now, I would probably pick Jess Pettit. Right. That's it. I think uh, you're kind of in the same boat as me. I have, uh, again, this this is just predictions. It's kind of silly. I never want to hurt anyone's feelings. You know what I mean? But uh, obviously I've got, I think we're the same with Pettis first, Welton second. I think the big question mark is going to be uh, third. I mean, obviously there's more question marks, but... What do you got for what do you got to round out the podium? I that is that could go there's spot. you know four or five guys that uh could step up into into that third place. I think I think maybe you'll see a different third place guy even maybe every every weekend who knows but uh I think the third's wide open. I don't I don't think I could really even um you know obviously Tanner Ward, Canella, those names you know, maybe jump out first as, as riders that could jump into that final podium spot. But uh, I think that's what's going to be uh, one of the interesting parts of the series is, is watching, uh, you know, who's battling and who can get up into that third spot. Yeah, for sure. We always, it's always kind of interesting like that. Sometimes we do it. Okay. The question isn't who's going to win it or second the question is who's going to finish third. It's kind of happened several <laughs> times before for sure. But uh Okay, well let's let's get uh, let's get us over to the 450 class. So we uh, we both kind of agree Pettis is kind of the guy to beat in the 250 class. Welton's going to be there sniffing around for sure. Um, and then yeah, you got the uh, two of the Fab Three there: the, the Wards, Canellas, Cheyenne Harmon. How far up? Are the, you know who knows? A whole bunch of guys that uh, again, it's going to consistency is going to be an issue too, I guess, in those positions because uh, you know a good start, those guys will finish up there. Bad start, they're probably not going to chew through the field, right? Yeah, and I think uh, you know with the way the series is this year at uh, at four of the five rounds, 
um, where they have a moto on Saturday morning. Um, again, those two fifties, um, you know, that's more wear and tear on, on motors and parts than, uh, you know, it's going to be, uh, you know, you can't afford, like I said, you can't afford to have a DNF. So, um, you know, it's, it brings in a whole different, uh, having that extra moto Saturday brings in a whole different thing to, uh, especially the 250 class with those bikes so uh, that could be that could play a part too in the series for sure okay all right well, hey let's uh, let's move on over to the 450 class if we can't uh, rip through this one here um again like like the 250 class man we've got uh well we've got four people that uh, in the top 10 that are not going to be returning here uh <laughs> talking about um ryan dowd stepping away Cade clayson on his supercross only uh, Michael Lessie, hope he's feeling better. He had that horrible bicycle crash. And yep. uh, Colton Fasciotti winning it and uh, retiring on top. So, um, yeah, let's go, go through the top 10. I mean, uh, rookie last year, uh, Sam Gaynor, two tenth places last year, ended up 10th in the motocross series. What, uh, you know, kid like him wins the, what do you win, rookie of the year, I guess? Yep. Yep. Sophomore um, season for him. What are you thinking? Well, I mean, I think, uh, you know, I think Sam has a, has a big upside. Um, you know, he, he's, he's a hard worker. Um, nice kid. I think he's, he's pretty level headed. He doesn't seem to get, uh, you know, too up or, or too down depending on, on results. Um, you know, he had a pretty, pretty solid rookie year last year. Um, especially considered, considering that, uh, you know, he had, big crash i believe it was in prince george last year um which kind of uh put him a little bit behind the eight ball but uh he battled back and um yeah i think i think he's right there you know like you said guys are missing so that kind of naturally moves him up in the pecking order a little bit but uh you know regardless of, of you know who's there who's not there i i still think he's going to be uh a few places better um than he was last year and, um, you know, Willie, can he get into that kind of, uh, you know, top five thing where everyone wants to be? Um, that's, that's going to be tough, but, uh, I think he'll, uh, he'll certainly try his best. You know that he's going to give it his best, which is really all you can ask right now. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, we've got, uh, like I mentioned, we've got those four guys who aren't returning, but we've got three guys who are going to be. We're going to be contenders that aren't on the top 10 list, but uh, we'll certainly talk about them in a second. But uh, this uh, guy who finished ninth last year sounds crazy. He actually missed two rounds. But uh, Matt Gurky, what uh, what does the former champ uh, have for us this season? Um, not getting any younger. I'm sure he wants to go out on top. What about uh, what do you think which, about Matt Gurky? Well, Gurky, I mean, he's, um, you know, I don't want to say I don't want to give I don't want to say he's got a question mark beside his name because I think he, you know, he certainly demands more respect than, uh, you know, than questioning um, certain aspects of his, of his racing. But, uh, you know, he comes in, you know, real serious injury overseas in, um, you know, I think, what was it, November, I think, um, came back, uh, you know, rehabbed got healthy um you know i don't it's just it's a testament to to how strong how determined he is because uh you know i mean we both know how serious that injury was and he was able to 
to come back from it, which I guarantee not everyone, especially at his age, um, with the beating that his body's taken in his career, you know, not everyone can come back from something like that. So first off, you know, hats off to, to Matt and everything. But, um, you know, I think maybe this delay in the start of the season helped him a little bit. Um, cause who knows if he would have been 100% healthy, um, you know, definitely for the AX tour, but even maybe for, for Calgary, if it had started back in June. So I think this delay is, has been good for him to, uh, to kind of work on parts of his riding to, uh, to get it back to the level that, that he knows he can be at. And, you know, he's, he's fast to go for. So I would expect him to, to be good this weekend. Um, Will he win a moto this weekend? I would be, I would be surprised if he did, just from where he's come back from. But uh, that's not to say that he doesn't win a moto at uh, or a couple motos at rounds two and three. You know. Right, right. So yeah, like you say, you don't want to say it's a question mark, but uh, coming back from what he has got, and I unfortunately missed him yesterday at uh, Gulfer Dunes. Would have been nice to see him out there uh, ripping it up and doing some testing and getting stuff going because he is definitely fun to watch at that track. That's uh, that's for sure. But uh, yeah, so, okay, now, uh, finishing eighth last year, Sean Moffenbeyer, the career number three. He had two-thirds last year, missed a couple rounds. Um, man, he looked good a couple weekends ago at Gopher Dunes. He did, he did. And I think, uh, you know, he's he's another, you know, like Canella and, and Ward in the 250. Um, Moff's a guy that uh, I have a kind of a star beside his name um, just because I think this is uh, a super important series for him. Um, you know, before he got injured last year, um, after what do you get injured the Monday after Sandali, I think back home, but, uh, up until that point, um, he had a really good, like a great series going, if you recall, I mean, uh, I wrote down some of his, his finishes and I mean, he podiumed in Sandali, um, podiumed in Prince George, I believe, um, you know, he was, he was putting together, you know, a great, a great series. And, um, unfortunately, you know, he got hurt and, uh, that kind of derailed his, uh, his summer. But, uh, yeah, like you said, he looked good at, at Gopher Dunes. And, uh, you know, I know from talking to him that he, that he feels good. He seems, you know, he kind of seems, well, he always seems relaxed, but he seems, uh, he kind of has that, um, I don't know, like a little bit of a swagger to him. Like he seems like he's really confident. And um, that race a couple of weeks ago probably just added to that confidence. So, uh, you know, I expect to see good things from him. Yeah. And if I, obviously, if you didn't uh, see the video, I put up some, some kind of high video highlights of that. Uh, the youth moto, he and uh, Cole Thompson, I think I can't remember which one it was, but uh, one of the motos he and Cole Thompson battled right at the front. And then another one, Dylan Wright got out front, but at the finish line, Moff was right on the back wheel of Cole Thompson again. So, I mean, man, showing lots of speed again. He keeps uh, he keeps progressing. Like you mentioned, his series, he went 5-3, uh, 8-5-3 before he got hurt last year. So, I mean, yeah, he's uh, he's right there. He's poised, and he showed uh, he showed that he is capable of just still improving, right? Uh, so it will be interesting to see what a good start, if he can stay up uh, with those guys or ahead of them. I hope he does. I mean, I think he's... Uh... You know, he's a, he's a fan favorite, definitely a, a favorite amongst his peers in the paddock and stuff like that. So, um, you know, I know uh, a lot of people that are that are cheering for him. And, um, you know, he's one of those guys who's been around, 
he's been around a long time now and um i'd like to see him stick around for for another few years at this level at least so uh you know i think in order to do that he needs to have a a pretty uh pretty solid season in 2020 so um you know i think everyone hopes good things for him yeah okay for sure now uh last year seventh place was ryan dowd um did the whole series last year it was cool to see uh he announced his retirement from professional racing so we're not going to see we're not going to see the dowds up here this year no and that's a shame um you know he was he was well received up here um he seemed to uh you know how some guys kind of you know come up here from the u.s and they either fit in or they don't you know we've seen guys that certainly don't fit in and then they you know you don't see them come back but uh he seemed like someone that could kind of be uh you know like a like a Cade Clayson where he's an honorary you know we make him an honorary Canadian after a few mm-hmm. years and stuff he seemed like he's really comfortable up here I know you know he loved the atmosphere loved the racing and um you know his dad was came up with him sometimes and then they kind of looked like they were enjoying themselves together so it's uh it's gonna be a shame to to not see him on the track this summer yeah it's interesting his career changed too i, I just want to wish him luck in his uh facebook conspiracy theory career <laughs> <laughs> if you're listening then sorry sorry ryan i'm just 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 jabbing okay <laughs> all right uh just ahead of him and i had a look at him today we're talking uh, sixth place last year was keelan meston keelan meston again one of those uh, fun guys to be around. Uh, I think people like him out there. Keeps improving, and uh, I spoke with him, and he said as long as he can keep improving and be up there mixing it up with the guys, his motivation is good, and he wants to keep going. Yeah, well, I, you know, he's another guy that I hope he does. Um, you know, he's an asset to this series and to uh, to Canadian motocross. Um, good, hardworking guy. Uh, the sport needs as, as many of those guys as it can get. Um, you know, he's definitely, definitely a role model. Um, I know he, you know, he had a little bit of an up and down series last year, but he ended it with a, with a strong fifth overall at Walton. So, uh, you know, hopefully when he's, when he's lined up this weekend that he's, uh, you know, those thoughts, those positive thoughts and that energy comes back to him and, uh, he can kind of pick up where he left off last year at Walton. Yeah, for sure. And, uh, yeah, I, I I shot some video of him today, so I'll have that up again tomorrow. So you can have a look at him there. Uh, always a fun guy to talk to him and uh, him and Jared Petruska doing their uh, Bent Methods podcast video things out there too. Sounds like they're having some fun doing that. So he's a character, and you know he's got a future. And well, he's a he's a full time trucker if he wants to be for sure. So he's definitely got a future anyway, no matter what he chooses to do. But uh, great to have him out there. Uh, fifth place, Cade Clayson. You just mentioned him. He won't be up here. Cade living in Arizona now on Supercross only situation, so uh, we won't have Cade. Um, what about fourth place? Cole Thompson finished fourth. He had one first place last year. Uh, how are we thinking about Cole this year? Well, I think he's going to be. First of all, I think he's going to be a lot better than he was um, last year. Um, you know, he had uh, he came out with the overall. He, the overall well tied for the overall win with with uh Fossiotti, i believe at first round last year yeah. um and i think that you know he won the second moto made it look super easy and you kind of i remember going into prince george thinking okay you don't 
goals already better than he was the year before. And then, of course, bad luck at uh, PG with the chain derailing. Um, that certainly didn't help him in the points and, uh, you know, ran into some some more trouble at uh, in the mud at, in Manitoba. Um, so that kind of hurt his chances as, as he came east. And then I think from there, I mean, I think he hurt his, he kind of hurt his back, tweaked his back, which didn't help, uh, didn't help things even further. Um, and then I don't know if you saw, excuse me, I don't know if you saw his crash at, uh, at Deschambeau last year, but, uh, God, he hit the ground hard. And mm. like, you don't see, you know, you don't see many, you don't see, you know, these guys crash very often. And, uh, but especially you don't see, you know, Cole Thompson crash that often because he's just so precise, so smooth. Um, but man, he got it wrong at, uh, at Deschambeau and, uh, you know, he hit the deck pretty hard. So, um, you know, a lot of bad luck. I, I don't know, you know, call that stuff bad luck, but, uh, a lot of issues last year that, that kept him, you know, relegated into fourth place. But, uh, you know, he won a moto at Walton last year and, Got two rounds at Walton this year. Um, you know, went three three last year at Gopher Dunes. So I would uh I would expect him to I would expect Toll to be either in the lead or, or close to it, I would think. Right. I I've always just loved watching Cole ride. It's almost like everything slows down when he rides. You know what I mean? You can almost see him thinking like and I always say to people, no matter what sport I'm trying to coach or help someone out with whatever i i was told this once in in, in a different sport and the to- person told me don't repeat your mistakes and of anybody i think that just is so perfect represents cold you know what i mean he comes around a corner and there's a bad line on the outside next time you just know he's setting up for the inside and just he never repeats his mistakes and i think that's so important for uh young kids to watch you know what i mean yeah no for sure he's you know he's an extremely um cerebral rider and um you know, he's thinking, um, you know, he, he always seems like he's thinking three or four corners ahead, right? He's always mm-hmm. setting up for that uh, kind of smooth, flowing flowing lines and, and flowing styles and stuff. And, I mean, I think the thing that he's had to work on is, is uh, you know, just kind of the opposite of that, and that's the intensity and, and sometimes, you know, um, you know, I know from, from my own experience, um, being, you know, a similar type of rider where I was always looking for smooth lines, always trying to miss bumps. Um, that was just my whole, you know, kind of my whole riding style. And, um, you know, I think it's the same with Cole and, um, you know, what I had to work on is that it's not always perfect. Right. And, um, you want it to, to be perfect and you want it to feel perfect. And when it doesn't, you lose a little bit of confidence momentarily you know whether that's you know in a lap or a race you know it can be that that small um so yeah i think that's it for cole cole's had to work on just kind of um you know let it hang out a little bit not always trying to be so perfect and i think his mechanic um you know steve Beatty, who was you know he comes from a from a dirt track background but um you know when he raced you know it wasn't perfect he was just determined and just vicious and uh, i think he's brought kind of that part of of riding to cole's um program and i think it's uh 
it's really helped them. And I think it's going to, uh, you know, help them even more this year. Right. It's funny. It's kind of a curse being a smooth rider. You know what I mean? Like if he wins, it's like, man, you made that look so easy. If he finishes fifth, it's like, Hey man, you didn't look like you're trying. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, you know, I, I know exactly what you're, what you mean. And, um, you know, I think that's what, that's kind of the evolution that we've seen with, with Cole and, um, you know, even years ago with, um, you know, even with Fossiotti, I mean, he was always kind of that smooth, smooth rider. And, um, you know, once he figured out, um, you know, kind of how to ride on that edge and even sometimes go over the edge kind of beyond your comfort zone, um, you know, which you have to sometimes, um, that's, that's when you really start to, uh, to find the success that, uh, that you want. Right. Right. Okay. Uh, so Cole obviously is going to factor into our predictions here in a second, but, uh, how about finishing one spot above him? And, uh, obviously this is going to be a, a fun battle to watch between these two guys. Of course, we got, uh, I'm talking about Phil Nicoletti finished third overall. Um, yeah, not a whole lot of blemishes on his, uh, his, uh, season last year. He had the one troubled, uh, time there, but, uh, what do you, what do you think about a guy like Phil? I mean, uh, is this his to lose? We got the guys who finished ahead of him aren't coming back. I mean, I think that's the the reality of it, right? Is that uh, you know he had a had a great series last year for for his first time here. Um, you know, we're going into tracks that that he was uh, that he had found success at last year. Um, you know, he went two two at Gopher last year knows how to ride the sand. Um, you know, he won a moto at Walton. Um, well, won the overall at Walton too, didn't he? Mm -hmm. Yeah, he Won did. the sword. So, um, you know, you got Walton back to back. Yeah, and I mean, I think too, if you look at last year, you take away that uh, that mishap at, uh, at Sandalee, which resulted in the in the penalty. Um, you take that away and, um, you know, it, it's kind of a different ball game points wise you know i think that 450 series you know probably comes down to to that final moto at, at walton um you know it's just if you're looking at at points and stuff so um yeah i mean feels good i i know you know he's an in, in you know probably an impatient person by nature so you know no doubt this delay has probably affected him more than than anyone else because you know he was probably ready to go months ago but uh um, you know, he's a professional, experienced, um, tons of experience at uh, at a very high level in the state. So, um, yeah, I mean, he, I think like a Pettis, like just Pettis in the 250, I think Phil kind of comes in as uh, kind of the favorite to, to get it done. Right, right. Now, uh, he, I mean, if we're just looking at overalls, he had two. Michael Lessie, who finished uh, second overall, had two. And the six-time champ, Colton Fasciati, had two first overalls. Uh, Michael Lessie not coming back. Colton Fasciati retired, doing the suspension. And the uh, mentor kind of guy on that uh, GDR Honda team. Um, yeah, so that took us to the top of the list there. Um, yeah, so of the people returning, it's going to be exciting because we got uh, Phil Nicoletti, Cole Thompson at the top. So that's going to be... Uh, going to be a fun one to watch but we have to also um what about a couple other guys coming? i mean we got to josh cartwright for the prmx team he came out and showed up at sandalee last year pulled the whole shot i mean uh what do you think about a guy like cartwright 
I mean, I think someone like that's going to be in the mix. Um, you know, is he going to, um, you know, is he going to beat, beat the riders we've just talked about? Um, you know, I'd be surprised if he did on a consistent basis. Um, you know, maybe jumps up there for, for a moto or two, but, um, you know, I, I don't see him, you know, battling for podium positions, you know, right. on a regular basis. But uh, Top 10 guy, but not a top, not a podium guy. Yeah, I mean, you know, maybe even, you know, one of those six, seven, six, seven guys, maybe, you know, top five if he, uh, if things go, go well. But, uh, you know, you need those guys in the series though, right? Like we need the, the cart rights and stuff to, uh, to come up and, and battle. So. And what about uh, another guy we have to mention too is uh, number tw- uh, 23. We got uh, Dakota Alex, another PRMX guy coming up from Vermont. Um, man, he's obviously got the talent. Well, he's shown some great speed up here before and stuff. And, um, you know, he, like I experience, you know, it sometimes doesn't sound like much, but, uh, you know, experience on these tracks are is vital if you want to be, um, you know, if you want to run up front. So he's been here before. Um, he's comfortable. You know, you heard last year, Phil talked a lot about at the end of the year, like, you know, how much he was looking forward to come back. Cause now he knows like, um, you know, not just the tracks, but he knows where the restaurants are, where the Tim Hortons are, whatever. Right. Like, uh, there's no like, guessing, like there's Hortons. no guesswork anymore. Right. So he doesn't um, like Tim's. Yeah. So Dakota <laughs> Alex is in the same boat, right. He knows, knows how things work up here, has some, you know, familiar faces he's going to see. And, uh, you know, he's got some speed too. So he's going to be fun to watch. All right. Now I'm going to throw this guy's name in there too, because I'm hearing rumors and he's also just fun to talk about. Spectators love the guy. I've heard his suspension is being done right now. Uh, you know anything about Jeremy Medallia? <laughs> I know nothing about Jeremy Medallia. <laughs> um, you know, I heard the same thing last year, though, and I'd probably the year before that too. But uh, you know, I'd love to see him come out. You know, I think he'd be, you know, welcome back to the series with open arms if he came out. Um, but uh, until he's until he's lined off, you all go even further until he actually goes across the gate after it drops, and you know, gets into the race. Then that's when I'll believe that he's that he's back out not until that happens so that's <laughs> ah, just fun to talk about it like uh jeremy obviously he's great to have in a series i uh, i hope he does hope he does show up and uh hope he does show up on uh, on his own kind of program which i think would be just the best thing for him so that'd be that'd be cool to see yeah no i'm a i'm you know, i'm a big fan and stuff i'd love to see him out there and uh you know he's good to uh i enjoy talking to him too away from the track and um you know i love to see love to see his dad Kind of have that excitement of having both kids out there racing. So, right. Okay. Now, what to, what about? Um, he's probably in his hyperbaric chamber right now. Talking about Tim Tremblay was uh, all set to come back. Then he took that uh, downhill mountain bike crash and tweaked his ankle all up. So, a kid, a guy like him. Well, I mean, he he showed some really good speed at the at the Ontario provincial there, the provincial race a few weeks ago. Um, you know, one of those one of those guys that's strong as an ox, you know, he, the rougher the track is, I think the better it suits him. Um, you know, speed wise, 
you know, is he gonna when it, uh, you know, when the gate drops at a national level with that intensity and that speed, um, you know, could he run inside the top five or you know even better, possibly? Um, but uh, at Gopher Dunes, you know, anyway, for sure. Definitely at Gopher Dunes, and then you know, I would say too, if if the series does conclude at Deschambault, yeah. Um, there's nothing like a little bit of uh, hometown Quebec energy to make those uh, those Quebec riders kind of r- rise to the occasion. So, uh, yeah, but I mean, again, he, you know, I think he'd have to come in 100% healthy, and it doesn't sound like uh, like he's there right now. So, um, you know, we'll see with Tim. I like Tim, though. I hope I hope he's uh, I hope he comes out. I hope he's able to make it out. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And he's retired from. Uh from the snowcross, so he's not, uh, of course, he's not worried about, he's not worried about getting hurt racing motocross now to jeopardize his snowcross, but he goes out and gets hurt mountain biking. <laughs> yeah. Isn't that always the way, though? Yeah. It could have been a pit bike. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> That's true. All right. Well, hey, we've gone over an hour here, Chris. We should probably get to our 450 predictions. I think we kind of both alluded to it. I think, um, but there are, there's a couple, uh, Couple question marks in here. A couple, a uh, couple good conversations. I think in the top five. Yeah, and I think you know one rider that we haven't mentioned, but I'll I'll mention him now because he's he's definitely part of my uh, prediction, and that's um, Dylan Wright. Um, I think uh, you know I've made this clear to a bunch of people, so it's not like I'm just saying it here. But I, I do think that. Uh, you know, I would not be the least bit surprised if when we're kind of recapping this series in September that, uh, you know, Dylan Wright is the rider who has won the most 450 motos. I think his speed is is that good. And I think his, his uh, you know, his confidence, his strength. I mean, he's got, uh, um, he's got a lot of things going for him. Um, will he be able to manage those? Um, the off motos or the you know bad motos, so to speak. Um, obviously, how he manages those are going to determine where he finishes in the point. You know, in my opinion. Um, but I think his speed's going to be there. I think he's going to win motos. I think every rider who races against him this summer is going to really dislike him probably by round three because um, he brings he brings something to this class that. Uh, I don't want to say isn't there because, you know, these guys are, they're all fast. They're all super aggressive, but um, his aggression, I think is on another level right now. Um, So, you know, he's going to be, he's going to be hard to race against, um, but hopefully he can handle those or manage those, those tough motos, you know, where he maybe starts fifth or sixth and he's got to be patient working his way up. Um, That's the, uh, that's the only place I could see him run into some issues, but right for sure. No, we didn't uh, didn't talk about Dylan. Uh, we kind of just mentioned that he moved up from the two fifties, but he is in my prediction, so that's when I thought we would talk about him. So yeah, for sure, I, I completely agree with you there, man. It's one of those things where we got uh, the experience of uh, Phil Nicoletti, we got uh, you know, and Matt Gurky, we got Tyler, we got Cole Thompson. And then there's, the, you know what I mean? That's why there's a bit of a question mark because he hasn't proven himself. I think he did that last year. He kind of made us all go, 
Yep. Okay. Yep. This, uh, he's got the consistency, but now the question mark now is in a new class on the big bike. Can he ride with the same aggressive style, all that kind of stuff, but he's learned, I mean, man, obviously he's learned how to, how to tame that 450 and his aggression. And so, uh, man, like you say, he, I want to, I have him at third in the series, but, uh, like you say, man, he could, uh, he could come out and just blow everybody away. Yeah. And I mean, I, I think there'll be certain motos where, where he does. And, um, you know, going back, you know, a while ago when we were talking about Quinn Amiot, so to speak, like how we were talking about how to, um, flip that switch, you know, and go from, you know, joking around in the staging area to sitting on the gate and going and thinking that, you know, I'm going to just lay it to these guys. And, you know, I don't really give a crap what happens. Um, Dylan's is a perfect example of, of someone that, uh, you know, he's, he's a gunfighter, man. He, you know, he's all smiles and maybe not all smiles, but he's, uh, you know, friendly and staging. And then when the gate drops, he is, uh, your worst enemy. Right. And, uh, <laughs> that's going to be, it's going to be really fun to watch. Definitely fun to watch. Right. Right. Okay. So I'm going to go, I'm going to give you my top five. How about that? And you okay. Can... So fifth place, I've got Matt Gerke. I know he's going to, you know, we multi-time champ could come out and just uh, kick, but I've got him at fifth. I've got Tyler Medallia in fourth. I've got Dylan Wright in third. Now, I, you know, give me a couple of rounds and I may have to re-change re that. But I've got Cole Thompson finishing second and Phil Nicoletti at first. Um, that, that top three, by the way, there's a lot of history in there with Phil, Cole, you know, Phil and Cole, with Cole and Dylan, with, uh, you know what I mean? There's just some, uh, some fun history in there. So I think, uh, like you say, bringing Dylan into this is just going to, uh, sparks could fly. And as media guys, that's kind of what we're hoping for. I know it's kind of sick and twisted, but that's, uh, you know, that's what, uh, that's what we hope for. But, um, no, I mean, I, I think it's, you know, I don't think you're, you're far off. Um, Oh, but I'm off. No, I mean, I would, <laughs> I would just go one step further. And I think that, um, I think this series, especially with it being a little more condensed than in past years. Um, I mean, what do we got? 14 motos this year. Um, 14 motos, um, so it's a little small, a little shorter. I think this series goes down to the final moto of the year, and I think it's going to be that close between, um, you know, two or three riders going into the final moto. Which riders, and, Chris? Well, I think it's, <laughs> you know, uh, I think it's fair to say that the top three you just mentioned, um, you know, I think they're each going to, each going to win motos. I think they're each going to find some consistency. And um, I think they're each going to probably really dislike each other by the end of this series. But, um, you know, that's life. That's what uh, that's what fans pay to see. But uh, I think it goes down to the final moto. And, again, given his experience, the series last year, um, I think you – Phil comes out on top by, you know, two or three points. Okay. Maybe less. Maybe one point. I don't know. But it's going to be close. I say it goes down the final moto of the year, and uh, it's going to be a series that we're going to talk about for a long time. Excellent. I like that. Yeah, no, I, uh, I, I agree, on, unless... 
Dylan Wright comes out and just blows everybody's doors off, then my predictions are going to go out the, out the window. But uh, I think uh, I'll kind of agree with you for sure in that. Like I said, I, I, I'm giving it to Phil by an edge. And I mean, we're, we have to make a prediction. It's just kind of fun. I always throw out Ricky Carmichael's line. I don't predict. I analyze. So these predictions, <laughs> take them with a grain of salt, folks. But uh, obviously, we get to uh, we get to watch every single race. We get to see practice. We get to interview these guys. We kind of know you know know them personally. We know what their mental side is like. So it's kind of fun to just kind of play all those things together and uh, man, just just have some fun and make some predictions. Yeah, no, definitely right. And um, you know, I think what's you know what's even more interesting is each of these guys bring something different to the table, right? And they all prove that you can, um, you know, you can win races and get the job done. Um, you know, there's no one way to do it. Right. So you got, uh, the smooth and, and precise smile or style of, uh, you know, a Cole Thompson up against, uh, you know, a gritty determined, uh, confident Phil, against a you know an aggressive um you know full of speed i don't even know what adjectives you could use for for dylan i mean last year i heard uh tony aletti say that he thought dylan was a mix between bob Hanna and damon bradshaw and i mean the more <laughs> i like to think about that i think tony you know tony said some off the wall things in his life, but I think he's spot on with that one. I think it's, you know, Dylan just brings a, you know, I don't give a shit attitude to, to his riding and to racing. And it's, you know, it's refreshing. And, um, you know, so you got those contrasting styles and then you throw in the experience of, of Tyler, um, you know, the speed and the, you know, the determination again of Gorky and, uh, yeah, you got a melting pot of, of fun. <laughs> hey, did I ever tell you that time I asked, uh, Matt, how you said his last name? No. <laughs> I said, is it Matt Gurky or Gorky? And he said, it's Gurky. And I said, I go with the O's first. He goes, oh yeah, maybe it's Gorky. <laughs> oh man. I just love that answer. <laughs> yeah, that's um, that's uh, I can totally picture him saying that too. So <laughs> amazing! Um, what a great dude. That's awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. But uh, no, I think it's just like I'm pumped that it's finally here. Um, you know, hats off to to Jetworks and and everyone who's who's battled hard to make this happen. Um, you know, a couple months ago it looked like it never was going to happen, but uh, I think it's important to to go racing this year on a on a national level and. Um, you know, it's unfortunate for the Western riders that we didn't, the series didn't go out there. It's unfortunate. I mean, this weekend we would have been, uh, I think we would have been in Moncton. This is usually the Moncton weekend. Um, it's sad that we're not there. Miss that place, miss all the crew out there. So uh, hopefully things uh, get through the summer and then hopefully it returns to normal next year. Yeah, for sure. I'm, I'm glad. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that because we hadn't uh, really talked about that. But I, I can't even imagine the work that's going on behind the scenes. I mean, I know for our uh, local Ontario series, Ryan Gauld has actually been literally speaking to to Ford. He's literally so. I mean, these yeah. these guys have been would, going hard, hard, hard to get this uh, happening. Is that not a conversation that you'd love to just sit at the table yes. and listen to, or you know, listen on a third phone to to Galdi and Doug Ford have a conversation? But uh, you know, a couple of beauties there, and um, I'd rather hear him talk to the know. other Ford. But uh, oh well. 
thankfully, uh, you know, thankfully they made it happen. And, uh, yeah, let's, uh, let's go racing. All right, Chris. Well, Hey man, thank you very much for uh, doing that. I think, I think, uh, and I mean, like most people, I think they'd probably kind of come up with those similar ones, but there's always some fun backstories that, uh, that you and I both get to kind of see and learn and stuff like that and kind of pass on. So it's, it's always kind of fun to do this. So, um, let's find out, uh, how it goes this weekend, man. Well, uh, thank you very much for doing this. Yeah, no, I appreciate you. Uh, appreciate you reaching out to me and, um, can have our second, uh, What'd you say the new term was? A collab? Collab. Okay. Collab. All right. Well, <laughs> there you go. Two down. Two down. We'll work on her uh, again next year. But it's going to be uh, gonna be fun. And again, three motos. It's going to be weird to be sitting there Saturday morning and uh, getting ready for the first pro moto. But, uh, you know, crazy times, crazy year. Yeah, and it's also weird that I'm just driving back and forth from my house here. I'm kind of centralized. It's kind of nice. Same with you, I guess. Yeah, no, it's a, uh, it's a good uh, for us. It's <laughs> logistics are good. So, but uh, anyway, we'll see you on the weekend. All right, thanks, Chris. We'll see you there for sure. Thank you. All right. Good night.